Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella. And I'm Melissa Parrish. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. Today, we're joined by principal analyst Andrew Hogan to discuss design debt. Andrew will be tackling this topic and others at our upcoming CX North America event on June 7th to the 9th. To learn more, visit for.com slash CXNA. That's F-O-R-R.com slash CXNA. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you. Excited to be here. So, Andrew, I'm familiar with the term technical debt, but I have not heard design debt before. So maybe you can uh, give us a little inside track as to what you mean by design debt. It's a term that's maybe shamelessly stolen from technical debt. Um, by other people, um, not even by me. Um, but it's the idea that, you know, you have to do a lot of things in order to get something out the door. You have to make a lot of decisions. You have to try to design the the best thing that you can with the time that you have. And so design debt is when you kind of skip over some of the decisions that you maybe needed to make. You, you know, all the buttons aren't perfect. All the text isn't perfect. You haven't fully attached, uh, you know, designed a, a field or two. Um, and it's the idea that you kind of just skip over them and move forward. And then that debt actually accrues over time, which then starts to actually weigh on the quality experience. Um, so think here about um, the buttons that aren't styled perfectly, uh, the text that isn't fully you know, as succinct as it could be, uh, and the fields that maybe aren't quite as clear as they could be. Cool. So it seems like you're talking about a few distinct types of of debt, things that we should be specifically looking for. Have you been able to identify places where that most commonly happens, or is it something that companies should just look for in general? So in um, in consumer-facing experiences, it is often those buttons that I mentioned earlier, and, and that's, that's a really common um, area where there are issues. Um, but there's sort of a, a larger view of this design debt where its entire processes um, or entire tools that are often employee facing that are very, very bad, very poor to use. So there's two main types. There's these consumer facing ones that are often kind of UI level. And then there's these deep seated problems where maybe a tool has never even been touched uh, by you know a trained designer and someone just kind of implemented it, put it out there 10 years ago, and it's never been looked at again. And it's slowing employees down who are trying to do a good job. So I can imagine a few reasons why this happens, but I'm sure that there are, you know, um, sort of buckets of like why these things kind of get deployed out into the world and then perhaps never revisited. I think the central issue um, is what we call design deficits. So design deficits lead to design debt and design deficits are the idea that there's some amount of design that's really uh, important and helpful, some level to get to in order to create a good experience that's useful and helpful for whoever is using it. And when you don't have enough of those design resources, who are often trained designers, uh, you end up with a deficit, which then compounds over time into a debt, which you're constantly paying interest on. Um, So it's sort of this idea that there's a a, a lack of attention and focus on particular parts of experiences or particular kinds of experiences that then accrue into something bigger over time. Is this, is a way to think about it is, you know, we're trying to ship sort of like an MVP out into the world, right? And then you just like never 
iterate on said thing that was shipped. I mean, this happens, we know this happens all the time. So is that one one way to view what you're talking about here? Absolutely. And I think that's an incredibly common one. And, and the other area where you might see it is, like I said, the employee-facing system that was put in place 10 years ago and then never revisited because, well, they're employees and who cares about them? And of course, that's ridiculous. And that leads to poor experiences. Um, and that's where, that's where these issues show up. That's where this debt um, starts to accrue. So where where should companies look for these things? Because this this sounds this sounds pretty overwhelming. I think we've probably all been parts of projects that if we think back now, we go, oh wow, we we failed on that front. Um, where are the most common places that companies should start to look for where these where this debt may have accrued, where these things may have been missed? I'd ask the question, did you fail or did you maybe stop too soon? It's nice. possible. That's much better. <laughs> if, if we're if we're using an iterative process over time, right? You should you should start to clean up the debt. That that should happen, and then more debt happens. It's just natural. It's just entropy. Um, I think some of the key places to look are to to ask for where's the pain, right? Like you you ask your um, your employees what's hard for you right now. What's you know what's not going well? That was one of the great pieces of advice I got from Oveta Sampson, um, who's uh, someone that I interviewed for this research. Aveta said, you know, it's, it's not hard to find these problems. Just ask what's, what's difficult, what takes a long time, what takes more time than you expect. And if you kind of dig into why, you start to find it. And that's on the employee side. On the customer side, it's actually sometimes easier because the level of um, analytics that are available, the ease with which it is to, you know, you can recruit um, uh, customers to, to tell you about what their experiences are like, those things start to really start to point out the pain if you're listening and trying hard enough to find it. And that's the tricky part. You've got to really be looking and trying and thinking about where where these issues might show up um, and listening for them to show up because there is pain. People are frustrated. It's always true. There's pain, but I think let's also underscore like real business implications here, right? I think, you know, Andrew, maybe you could talk about the city example as, as one, you know, bad design leading to a pretty, um, I was going to use the word in incredible situation, but I'm not really sure that's an appropriate description of, of what happened there. So the, like Jen's mentioning the, the, um, the city example was one where, uh, some professionals at city, three professionals at city were trying to do a transaction where they would send, I think it was $7 million, um, to pay off some creditors of one of their clients. And they accidentally sent $900 million to pay off those creditors completely instead of just making one, one payment. And three different people looked at this interface and said, this is the action that will happen as a result of this setup. And they determined that it would send $7 million and instead they spent nine. So now there's this huge lawsuit. They've gotten about half the money back. Um, but the, the judge there had some choice quotes that they couldn't believe that something like this had happened on accident. So it must have been on purpose. And it was the result of some really confusing software um, that, uh, you know, caused a, a major issue. And I mean, I would say when things like that happen, it's too late. And I don't mean that cities shouldn't try to fix these issues or other banks facing the same things, but they probably ignored the pain uh, that was showing up before. They had a six-eyed process where it was, you know, we'll have multiple people look at this. 
um, and those multiple people will sign off on it. Well, the minute you have something like that, and it's happening through screenshots sent in an email, that's a sign that there's some debt of what would be a good experience and what would avoid these issues. And so you're always trying to avoid those problems before they happen, try to de-risk these major issues. And obviously, if there's major money being sent around and this process has, involves emails of screenshots, that, that's a sign that maybe something should have been done sooner. So this makes me think of something that we've been talking about a lot on the CX team and the idea of innovation and how sometimes because companies get so excited for innovation, uh, they put all of their money and all of their excitement and all of their resources uh, into these big innovative projects when in, when in fact there was stuff that needed to be fixed in the first place. It seems to me that this idea of design debt the way you're describing it could actually be expanded way beyond just digital design. It's sort of like product debt, like experience debt. It just keeps happening and happening. Is that fair? It's absolutely fair. Um, and a lot of these examples are digital because, you know, that's a lot of where we spend energy and that's a lot where, where companies invest. But one of the things that we have in our data is uh, um, we have kind of this design attention sort of index, I would call it, right? There's a, there's a way of thinking about how much design attention is going into different areas. And you have a customer facing site that's really at like the top. And there's a ton of design attention at every company in the customer facing site. And it may not still be enough, but there is a ton of it. And then far down at the other end of the design attention. So like just a couple, like one in 10 design teams say that they're actually thinking about physical environments. And that tells us that either there is virtually no attention on the physical environments in comparison to the digital, or it tells us that those groups don't talk at all and the people taking our surveys aren't just aren't involved in it. Either way, that would tell you that there's some pretty significant debt when it comes to the connection of those things, which is how people, regular consumers, move through their lives. Um, and so absolutely, there's just some broad-based experience debt that can be cleaned up with more design resources, more effort. And then, of course, these things aren't infinite. But I would just ask the question of whether the design resources are being spent in the best places or whether more of them should be redirected to these other neglected areas. You know, something like employee tools gets about half the design attention that customer facing sites do. And employee tools is this giant bucket of things. And at customer facing sites are one sort of kind of monolithic sort of things. Um, and that just seems off to me. It's not half as important what your employees are doing. So should they get half the effort? I think, isn't that actually where, where this research came from? The employee tools or enterprise interfaces? Yes. So what I found in the research is that the, as I've said, the first step in making employees tools better is to care. That's the first <laughs> step. Do you, do you care? Do you, do you, are you honestly putting effort into making them better? Uh, and there's a lot of reasons why companies might not put the effort in. Um, but, you know, faced with that, I thought, well, how many companies care and how little do they care uh, and how little effort are they putting in? Um, and that's that's where this this design attention kind of index came in, um, revealing that there's significant design debt that's building up over time because there's so little attention in some key areas. 
I'm just going to let that point sit out there. I mean, that's crazy to me. Um, I mean, fascinating that you dug in, dug in here, but it's also, it's just so interesting because then it's a natural sort of like statement that companies are continuing to not look at the customer journey holistically, right? Like the siloed factor is still a major issue. And, and obviously post pandemic, we still, we, you know, digital has sort of ratcheted up, but there will be a return to in-person and we need to understand those connective points better um, as an experience in a, in a customer journey. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely what I draw from the, the, the gap between um, design attention in these different areas, because right. if they were getting the same level of attention, that would tell you there's a chance of them being more connected. And, um, you know, we, our CX data continuously points to the, 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 the biggest problem being the lack of um, cooperation across organizations um, as, as the major barrier to better experiences. And this data just sort of can you, continues to, uh, to improve it. The other thing that I think is really interesting about this idea of design debt is that it can actually, I would think, lead you to make bad future decisions if you haven't cleaned up the design debt, right? Because you could be looking at something like, um, like a chat bot and saying, well, you know, we tried, this was all the rage. People were really psyched about it. We launched a chat bot. It's not doing anything for us. Let's just scrap it. When maybe in fact, there's a lot of debt accrued there. Maybe you just did it poorly. And if, if companies are not looking for that, it, it could really just throw off their, their future strategies. Are you, are you seeing that yet? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, and you had mentioned innovation earlier. And, you know, this is a great example of that. Chatbots are not inherently bad or terrible things to invest in. Um, even something like augmented reality isn't a terrible thing to invest in, um, where, you know, there's some question about what's the, what's the value of this. Um, but you can absolutely draw the wrong lessons uh, when you don't devote enough attention to trying to do it well um, or the right kinds of attention. And we have data about chatbots specifically, you know, it's like, I don't know, 70% of businesses are adopting or planning to adopt chatbots. It's, it's in that range and it varies based on region. And yet, you know, it's, it's like four, four out of 10 design teams are working on this three out of 10, something in that sort of range. And, you know, these are one of the most difficult things to get right. Even the term chatbot can mean that, is that on the site? Is that in the app? Is that, uh, are they talking about a voice-based assistant like an Alexa or a Siri uh, you know, are we are we even dealing with how this will interact with the current agents that we have, which is a major concern. A lot of these chatbots are best when they're actually helping agents to do their jobs better. Well, that's really hard. You've just added multiple different users that you have to think about when designing the chatbot. And so, yes, the the um, the debt will build up when you have the deficit between adoption and level of effort, and then afterwards you'll decide this wasn't this wasn't a good thing to invest in. We shouldn't have done this. Um, and the truth is that maybe you should have done it better. Maybe you stopped too soon um, from something that would have been really helpful. And then it becomes kind of a bad word in organizations where, well, chatbots fail, but that's not really the right conclusion. The right conclusion is we didn't put the effort in to figure out the way in which it could work well. It reminds me of just like 
codifying a bad process with technology, right? Like it's sort of the same thing. Um, and you then point to the tech and not the underlying process. <laughs> That's the issue. Well, and then the costs to change even get larger, right? Because then you you have these these debts that have built up um, and you have to then clean up the debt sometimes in order to make meaningful improvements to move forward. And then that just sort of snowballs. And then you're left sitting there putting more debt uh, in, in there, uh, putting Band-Aids on top of it. Um, and it's, you know, it's a challenge. And I, you know, I, I sort of come across as if I don't empathize. I empathize with what, what people are trying to do. They have finite sets of resources. I just think it's really worth asking what's in their portfolio of projects. Um, when you think about your entire portfolio of experiences you're trying to create, what are the projects that you're working on and are they the right projects? Are they the most meaningful projects? And then if you don't have enough resources to do the most meaningful projects, how can you get more resources, which is a topic I know we'll address um, uh, at the, the upcoming forum, because it's about succeeding, paying down design debt when you can, proving that it's successful, uh, that, that the efforts are successful, and then getting more resources. You're obviously speaking to sort of design leaders and what they can do, but I feel like there's also education needed for other piece parts of, of the business as well. I'm assuming, you know, some of your client conversations also reveal that there's a education that's needed around this concept as well. Is that fair? Absolutely. I mean, we've all gone to this, um, we should fail fast. We should make one of the themes of one of the, the, the keynote of my, my uh, upcoming speech is progress, not perfection, which is essentially a call to create more design debt. So I don't mean to imply that there's, you know, this is not something that uh, it's, it's almost unavoidable. The key is how much do you pay it down? How hard do you try? And do people recognize the cost of these things that seem like, oh, we'll, we'll put that decision off. You know, we'll, let's just get it out the door. Let's just, and then you've got to come back. You have to, this is a key principle in design is iteration. And when you iterate on things that already exist, you stand a much better chance of making them, you know, significantly better uh, if you've used a, a proper uh, design process. But, but certainly other people in the organization have to be bought in or you'll constantly be, be bombarded by, let's do a chat bot. Our competitors are doing a chat bot. The chatbot should work this way. The vendor told us that it would work in this method, so we should just implement it this way and then move on. And without really scrutinizing what it is that we're doing, how good is the experience? What are the second and third order effects of this thing happening? Um, and what should we have, what should we do differently in the future to make sure that we make it better? So you mentioned um that other people in the organization, right, as Jen said, need to be educated. And then you're talking about sort of prioritizing projects, et cetera. Is there a, a recommended hierarchy of people who should be, who should embrace this idea of constantly looking for design debt or, or is it really the digital leaders um, or the design leaders uh, responsibility to identify this stuff and then get buy-in? I think it's incredibly unfair to say, hey, design leader, figure this out. On top of all the other things that we're having you do, most of them yeah. are still trying to build their teams. They're still trying to determine, you know, how many design ops people they need, how many design research people they need. Do they even have enough? Des they don't have enough designers. Um, so I think digital leaders play a key role. Um, and I think, frankly, business leaders of all kinds that aren't even digital leaders play a key role. 
everyone should be looking out for this. And I think it's far beyond, you know, whether the buttons match. That's that's important. That's something that's worth thinking about. But it goes to where are the handoffs bad? What are our employees using that are, are you know that are frustrating? What where's the pain? They should be helping to identify the pain. And I think it's up to everyone in the organization to look for this. Um, and one key role in there is you often have a product leader or an experience leader. Those people are absolutely critical to helping to prioritize these because the list the list will be you know unending. But they should take more ownership than just their little slice um, of the product that they fully control and think about the ones the the issues that are affecting uh, the experience quality that they're you know partially responsible for paying into or that kind of thing. I think it's also true to say that while everybody should be asking where is the pain, they could back into the design debt problems by trying to answer other business problems, if that makes sense, right? So if I am if I am the leader of a different business unit and I have discovered in the data there is crazy customer churn in this process, or people suddenly they're they're dropping stuff in their shopping cart and they're not buying, and it's it is like a huge aberration. Um, it might not be that you have a problem with merchandising or your prices are wrong. It it might be that somebody forgot to look at the button, right? And it, like that should be a part of the consideration set. Or potentially some other action that you're taking is causing greater issues. Maybe there's a coupon code or a set of coupon codes that are really problematic. Um, maybe the you know your uh, the the costs in your call center are out of control because the software they're using is too yeah. frustrating. Uh, maybe customers are being rejected at a higher rate than you would expect them to be getting rejected for a loan or something like that. Um, absolutely, there's there's a lot of different areas where these things would pop up, and it's it's a, a a potential solve for a lot of different issues. Is just digging in deep into the way that the processes work, the way the ecosystem works um, to find where those issues actually sit. I think that's a great point. Okay. So if, uh, if business leaders have, have discovered some sort of uh, aberration and they've done the work and they have dug in and they've discovered that it is in fact a design debt issue, how do I, not a design leader, solve the problem? So the first thing that you would do is to go to your design team and say, hey, I found this issue. I think this is a problem. Are you aware of it? How do you think we should tackle this? How that's absolutely if you if you have an internal design team, um, that's that's how you should approach it. If you do not or if they don't have capacity in the time that you need them to sort of work on this problem, you should go outside. And the category of experience design providers is a growing and interesting category. It's kind of the, it's an offshoot of digital agencies often, but also a little bit of industrial design, a little bit of service design. Um, so I have some data about recent project wins that they have, and it's this even split across executives. It's really interesting that it's not just a CMO. It's not just a, you know, a CDO, a, a digital officer. Um, it's not just a product leader. It's not just an IT leader. It's almost like they're being used across the organization to try to come in and shore up this debt, to pay it down, because they can provide this kind of like capacity that comes in, um, tackles the problem in a really quick way, um, and uh, will sort of help you 
when you need this extra burst of effort to close your deficit, your design deficit, because you don't have enough people fully skilled in design. So it's a really interesting change within that market where I think previously it was thought of, this is something that CMOs are buying. And the reality is design help is something that business leaders are buying because it helps to solve problems. So just going back to the conversation about chatbots, that's a common spot for design debt. Are there other areas um, that leaders should be looking at? One of the other interesting areas where it pops up is in notifications. And this is something that we have many people at Forrester looking at. You know, what's the quality of notifications? How do you get forward into more anticipatory experiences? That's something that Julie Osk, who's a great analyst at Forrester, has looked at. But what's interesting is that, well, notifications actually don't get that much design attention. It's actually rare that you would see, you know, notification strategy on the, the something that design teams are doing. It's like four out of 10 teams. And yet notifications are something that every team is doing. You know, every company is sending notifications about you bought this, you sent this, you're registered for this, you're getting your password reset. Um, and here I'm thinking about both mobile notifications, SMS, emails, all those things. And design teams just don't work on that that much, which leads to these really disconnected experiences that, you know, you, you, uh, you'll get this promotional email from one company and then you'll get a password reset. And the password reset has never been thought about or discussed clearly. It's there, there's no design effort. There's nothing in it. Um, and they just frankly are an under thought about form of experience. These are, these are experiences that customers have with your company and without professional design help, they're kind of languishing similar to the way that chatbots languish where they sort of work, but they don't really work. And there's a lot of opportunity. And yeah, a lot of opportunity because how common are these notice notifications, right? And maybe that's why they're not seen as uh, something to be designed because it's like, well, doesn't everybody do this? But you're right. I mean, that's a pretty critical interaction with your customer often. Well, what are the, what are the words that are being used even? You know, if you're filling them with jargon and numbers and status information, what's the opportunity there to make it, you know, friendly? Hey, your package is arriving. Hey, this thing is happening. Hey, you know, you reset your password and, you know, are you having trouble with that? Here's a different sort of way of doing that. Those things just get completely overlooked. And um, uh, it seemed it's a real shame. And could be a point of differentiation. Absolutely. If you do it well, right? So, Andrew, I love this conversation. So interesting. I'm really excited about all that you're going to cover at CX North America coming up in June. What is, you know, maybe one to two things that you want to leave design leaders and business leaders for that matter, thinking about when they're sort of considering um, this concept of design debt and, and what to do about it. I think first is care. Look for the design debt. Look for, try to, try to care about solving it. It's really exciting to start the new project, to launch the new thing, to build this new different way of doing it. And maybe going back to the way that things are currently working, trying to improve those, whether it's customer facing, whether it's employee facing, um, maybe that's the place to focus. I think those are the two things I would say to walk away with. This was a really interesting conversation, Andrew. Thank you so much for sharing this great research with us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. 
To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.